Did you enjoy your Easter weekend last weekend? We had a great time here. If you happen to, if you don't happen to have been here, uh, you can listen to the message online. But we we had some, uh, you know, great some great music, some some special music that happened. We uh, we had people, lots and lots of guests that were with us, people that were new, and so it was a good time. And Easter is a celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And this happened. We believe. Excuse me. We we believe that this happened, actually, that there was a what's called a bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. Like it wasn't just a spiritual thing; it was a, a literal, literally physical uh, resurrection. Jesus rose from the dead so many years ago, and uh, after he uh, after he rose from the dead, he lived he lived and met with people off and on for about 40 days after his resurrection, and then he ascended into heaven. And uh, today I want to begin a new series because we just finished Easter, and, and so this is right at the same time when Jesus, he spoke to his disciples about uh, the kingdom of God, the Bible says. And so we're going to be talking about the kingdom of God, and the title of this, the whole series for the next few weeks is First Things First. And uh, I, I just love the stories that are what we call the post-resurrection stories, where Jesus, after Jesus ascended, or sorry, rose from the dead, before he ascended into heaven, uh, he, there were some cool things that happened. He had this physical body that he could actually eat food, which is great because I love eating food. And uh, I, I do it almost every day, you know, more than once. <laughs> But uh, he he had this body, and I got a feeling that our heavenly bodies, like when we go to be with the Lord, and the, at the end of the at the end of everything, the Bible says this mortality will put on immortality. And I, I don't know for sure; I wouldn't die for this, but I got a feeling that our bodies, our new heavenly bodies, will be a lot like the body that Jesus had after the resurrection. And that was really cool because they, you know, like the, the disciples, they were inside this room with doors locked. You know, then Jesus appears. And I don't know how he got to, uh, you know, to uh, uh, Galilee from Jerusalem. I don't know if he was like transported or if he just walked like everybody else does. I have no idea. It's about a 36-hour walk from Jerusalem to Capernaum. Uh, according to Google, uh, it is. <laughs> 36 hours. But, you know, you, you, you're not likely going to be able to walk for 36 hours straight. So you're going to walk, you know, you're going to have a rest. And we got a singer, but it's okay. Kids love singing, and I love kids. So it's all right. Allow the little children to come to me, for such is the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus said. Anyway, so Jesus had this body. He could walk through closed doors, but yet he was able to eat lunch. It was great. And I'm looking forward to that. Now, I don't know about you, but I find certain stores uh, more expensive than others. But this bag I thought was a great bag because it's paper and it's not plastic. And so it's air miles. Then I do food. But in, inside here is just some some stuff. But this is a, a bag of groceries. And this actually refers or it relates to one of the scriptures here today. That's why I have it. Anybody go grocery shopping last week? 
So, okay, so you, you, know, what, you know what's going on. But the, uh, the first scripture I want to, and I just want to kind of meander a little bit today in an introductory way about the kingdom of God. We, I don't know about you, but I don't say it enough. I don't think about it enough. And I'm, I'm feeling a little bit like I'm, I need to change how much emphasis in my life, in my mind, in my prayers that I put on the kingdom of God. Like I said, Jesus, he rose from the dead and he hung, about, hung out with his disciples from time to time. Uh, it even says that in the scriptures here, during the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time. And he proved to them in many different ways that he was actually alive. I love that. And he talked to them. So what would he talk about? You know, here it is. He's, he's on his way to be ascended into heaven and pour out the Spirit on Pentecost. And, and he, the most important thing is the same thing he started with, and that is he talked to them about the kingdom of God. We're going to talk about what the kingdom of God is and all kinds of things about the kingdom of God. And I, There's a quote from E. Stanley Jones that I, I want to share with you, and I've been reading this book this week. It's called The Unshakable Kingdom and the Unchanging Person. E. Stanley Jones was a missionary to India, spent a lot of time in the United States as well. Uh, in fact, part of it, I was reading about his life, and, and he got stuck in the States while his family was in, uh, in India. And I, I don't know how many kids he had, but his wife and kids were in India. He couldn't get back to India because the Second World War started, and it was only military that were allowed to use the, the ships to get over to, um, to Asia at that time. So he was stuck, and so then he just started new ministries in the States while he was there. And uh, quite, a, quite an amazing guy. But uh, this book, if you want to get a hold of that book, just jot it down, and you can get it through Amazon, I believe. But this, um, every page, I started marking my book. I've had, a, I've had the book for years, but I, I just uh, started marking it this week. And every page, I could have marked every word on it, just about. But he wrote this. Um, this is one of the quotes. Man needs nothing so much as he needs something to bring life together into total meaning. To an otherwise fragmented life, he needs an absolute from which he can work. He's being pushed and pulled and beckoned to, enticed and bludgeoned from all directions. The most confused and yet the most intelligent person that ever existed. Like humanity has grown and knows so much. And this was written in the early 70s. He knows everything about life except how to live it. And I, I, this is our... This is our culture. This is our society. This is, you know, people living for this and living for that. But we are living with values and for a person named Jesus Christ that is eternal. And so I'm so grateful that we can talk about these things. We can talk about the the kingdom of God. And the title of this series, like I said, is First Things First. And the scripture that is the sort of foundational scripture is found in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. And many of us uh, here have this, this verse memorized, some from the, uh, the old King James. Uh, I was listening to Dr. Beverly earlier. She quoted this scripture, and she used two different translations at the same time. It's quite good. She, you know, she's really good at that. That's good. So, so one, I, I actually 
kind of wrote this as a compilation from a couple of different translations. Seek God's kingdom and his righteousness first, and all these things will be given to you as well. What are all these things? Well, the scriptures just prior to that talk about why do you worry about what you will eat and what you will wear. I was going to bring a, a, another shopping bag from the Gap, but I couldn't find one uh, because, you know, this is what we eat and then what we wear, where you live. Why do you worry about these things? Because these are the things, Jesus said, these are the things that people who order their life without God, that's what they worry about. But we have someone who is our provider. We have someone who cares about us. We have someone who is the uh, beginning and the end, the authors. We don't need to think about those things quite so much, at least not in the same way as other people, but we can seek first the kingdom of God. And I have a question for you, because I think if, if we were to say, you know, do you agree with that? Anybody, anybody agree with that statement that Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be, do you agree? Okay, so here's the question. How are you doing? You know, we can agree, we can agree with, our, with our mind and, and give mental assent to that Scripture. Because, of course, it's right. Jesus said it. So I better agree, right? But how are we doing? Are we seeking the kingdom of God above all else? So if you were to rate yourself on a scale of 1 to 10, first rate the, the, you rate the text, you rate the statement, agree, disagree, 1 through 10, we'd all go, yeah, 10. We agree, 100%. We agree with that. Okay, so now talk about our, let's talk about our lifestyle. Let's talk about our thoughts. When you are just trying to get to sleep, but you've got that nagging worry in your mind. The conversations that we have, I think about, the conversations I have at home with my wife and, and the things that we talk about and wonder about and, you know, we need this and we need that. And, you know, we talk about a lot of different things, but I'm wondering if we should be turning our attention a little bit more. What's God going to provide for us this week instead of which, what do we need this week? <laughs> I don't know. She's not here. So that's where she usually sits and she'd be going right now. She'd be going like, you know. But I guess I'm just wondering, how do we apply this to our life? And I'm not here to tell you how you should apply it to your life. I'm talking a little bit about how I think maybe I should think about applying it to my life as an example. But the point is, is that we can agree with these things. But it, frankly, you know, people might say, well, Mike, you're right. And being right is overrated. Being right is overrated sometimes. It's more, okay, so how are we living? Getting the doctrine right, it's really not that hard. There's some ideas out there about certain things that really don't make a difference to anybody's life. But the things that really matter are most often they are actually fairly simple. And this is one of them, putting God's kingdom first. Uh, just different ways that this is expressed. So above all, this was a good one in, in the, the Passion. So above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Pursue his kingdom and righteousness. That's the New English translation. Seeking first, first things first. What's first in my life? What's first in your life? We can take a look at our calendar. We can take a look at our 
bank statement. These are things that are indicators, sort of like measuring rods. I'm starting to get right into your face right now, but we need to really take this into uh, into our into take it seriously. That uh, that Jesus meant this. He said, "Look, don't worry about those things. That's what people. That's what the Gentiles do. Is, the, is what he actually said. That's what the outsiders do. But we're not outsiders. Anyone who's in Christ is an insider, and uh, God wants us to be seeking first His kingdom. Amen. That's good." Well, it was the first, it was the, it's what we should seek first. It was the first prayer topic. Now, I'm going to ask for some volunteers right now. And uh, if you speak, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to actually, uh, I'm not going to, I, I was, I'm tempted to point. If you speak Tagalog, if you speak German, if you speak Norwegian, oh, by the way, Norwegians aren't here. I'm pointing to their spot. Uh, Ralph and Bjorg are not here today. If you didn't know, and you can pray for him, Ralph fell and broke his hip this week. And uh, he is, he's been part of our church forever. He actually was the manager of the building project when we built this building. He's been here since forever. Uh, and so anyways, he, he's doing okay. He had an operation yesterday. Okay, so please pray for him and uh, his wonderful wife, Bjork. But if, so I don't think there's any Norwegian speakers, but if you speak, a, oh, you speak Norwegian? Come on up. Come on, yep. If you, I want you to say, the first part of the Lord's Prayer. That's what I want you to say. If you can't do it, it's our Father in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. This is the first part of the prayer. Asking God that his kingdom would come, that his will would be done. If you can say that in a different language, come on up right away. Please. Oh, good. German. Yes. Good German. Unser Vater im Himmel, geheiligt werde dein Name, dein Reich komme. Wie im Himmel, ja. Uh, you must be right. Okay, thank you. And this is Tagalog? Tagalog. Okay. Can I sing it? <laughs> sure, yeah, sing it if you want. Amen, amen, summa salangika. Sambahin ang alan mo, mapasa amin ang kaharian mo. Awesome. Thank you. Any other languages we got here? Maybe we do and no one wants to raise their hand. That's fine. Okay. But all around the world, people pray this prayer. Okay. Lord, may your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth, even as it is in heaven. And here it is again in your face, uh, giving you an encouragement to apply this to your life. So, first of all, the king, what is the kingdom of God? We're going to be talking about sort of what it actually is. The kingdom of God is the reign and rule of Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And he's the one who pr told us to pray, may your kingdom come, may your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And this is actually a literary term, and I was not great in English class. Uh, I wish I was. I wish I paid more attention. But they call this parallelism. And it's one phrase followed by a second phrase that is parallel, and it actually helps define the first phrase. And you'll find that mostly in the Psalms. But here Jesus is using a literary tool called parallelism to explain 
a little bit more to us and also to help us when we pray so that we are praying, you know, what does it mean, may your kingdom come? There was a lot of confusion about the kingdom in the Bible, and there still is today. Uh, But what he said for the second part actually explains the first part. And I find myself praying this prayer a little differently than it is expressed in the Scriptures. I find myself praying, Lord, may your kingdom come. May your will be done in my life, even as it is in heaven. And that is how we apply this Scripture to our everyday life. And when we're praying, well, Lord, I pray that in Ottawa that your will would be done. And we can be all upset about decisions in Ottawa around funding for summer students, or we can be all, uh, all over, you know, s- statements that are made and new coins coming out and all kinds of stuff like that. We can be all upset about what's happening south of the border and the division in that nation. We can be upset with, with good with good reason to the the violence that is happening all around the world, whether it's in Nigeria or in Sri Lanka, uh, just horrible things that happened to believers. Christians are the most persecuted people on the planet right now, uh, by far. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, government uh, uh, persecution as well as radicals, uh, and we can pray, Lord, let Your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth, and we can pray for all kinds of people all around the world. But and that's good, and we should we should we should intercede for these things. But we can also pray that same prayer for ourselves, because there's a battle going on for your life and mine, and the enemy does not want us to prosper. He wants to kill, and he wants to steal, and he wants to destroy. And it's really easy for us to not seek first the kingdom. It's really easy for us to be distracted by all the things around us especially here in the first world. And so to pray this prayer, and may I suggest that you, could, if you haven't already done this, try this from time to time in your, in your life as you're praying. Heavenly Father, Lord, I, I, show me what it means for your kingdom to have its place in my life. Let your kingdom come to my heart. I surrender my life to you. I surrender my will to you. Lord, I really want this, 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 and this, and this. But actually what I want mostly is I want your will to happen in my life. And I pray that your will would be done. Make this real in your life and your world. How can you seek first the kingdom of God? Well, Jesus taught us to pray the prayer that will help us to do that, to seek after the kingdom of God. First is to pray like this instead of, uh, I mean, we can pray. we can pray for our daily bread. Jesus taught us to do that. But first, first we pray, Lord, let your kingdom come into my world. I want to be, I want to do, I want to be a a man of the kingdom. I want to be a person. I want to be your person. I want to be your representative. I was just reading a good friend of mine. His name is Daryl, and he actually spoke at a men's breakfast not too long ago. Some of the guys met him. And he just retired after many years working in the city of Maple Ridge. And, and it's, it, he, he retired on Friday, and today he left on a missions trip to Africa. <laughs> he's, a, he's just an awesome guy. I just love him so much. And he was, he was telling this in an email that I just read this morning. And uh, he said on his last day of work, he uh, was on his way, and he lives here, and he was working in Maple Ridge. 
and uh, he was driving, you know, across the Golden, Golden Ears Bridge or wherever he was driving, and, and he said, Lord, today I, I pray that you'll give me someone to speak to about, about you. And he was, you know, it was his last day at work. <laughs> and so he, he was saying what happened was he, he prayed like that, and there was a, one, of the, uh, one of the contractors that they work with, and he works in the water department there, and he said what, this guy that he had known over the years, and, and he was a guy that he had actually confronted about his language on the job. And so, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, ever heard anybody swear this week, you think? <laughs> but anyways, he had spoken to this fellow. And, and uh, this time, there was something different about their conversation. And right in wherever they were working, they were putting in a water main across, across some road. And he, this fellow, they were talking, and it, it worked out somehow that this man prayed a prayer to receive Jesus Christ right in, right in the hole, right, right, right where they were working. And we can be that representative if we are available to God. And I'm just so proud to know Daryl, of course, and, and that's a great story. But I think every one of us, we can have our eyes open and our ears ready to hear what the Lord would say to us and actually engage with people uh, about the kingdom of God. And it's the, first, it's the first prayer topic that Jesus has taught us to pray. It's, it's, it's a seeking after the ways of God, seeking after the kingdom of God. It was the thing that we're meant to seek after. First things first. The, uh, the, uh, it's also the first prayer topic. It was the first message that Jesus had. Jesus taught about a lot of different things, but when he started, you remember at the end of his life here on earth, after he rose from the dead, before he ascended, he was with us for 40 days. What did he talk about? The kingdom. The first message he had when he, when he started his preaching ministry, his public ministry, it was this in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 23. He traveled throughout the region of Galilee. That was where he uh, was brought up, uh, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of dis- uh, disease and illness. Uh, the kingdom of God is the thing that he began talking about. He st- he's talked about the kingdom of God is close to you. It's, it's, it's the good news. And this is what his message was. And this is your message, and this is my message. And if we're not clear about it, it would be good for us to take a look and get a little more clear. But the, the main thing that we can take away from today is that the kingdom of God, uh, when the kingdom of God comes, you and I as individuals, we as a church, will be doing the things that God wants us to do. That is, the, the, the will of God will happen in our world where we can choose. We can't control what happens somewhere else, but we can control our actions. We can actually control our thoughts in lots of ways. Um, We can't control every thought that comes into our mind, but we can control what happens to that thought uh, because sometimes those thoughts are a part of the enemy's attack, of course. So God wants us to be able to have his will happen in our own life. Now, the kingdom of God, it's an interesting thing because Jesus taught us, Lord, let your kingdom come as if it isn't there. And there's actually different sort of tenses 
that the kingdom of God has. It's, sometimes it's, uh, it's future. Sometimes it's, it's present now. And sometimes it's past. And so there is a process involved. And I just want to talk briefly about this, the timing of, of God's kingdom. And uh, Jesus, these are all quotations from the book of Luke and uh, from, from Jesus. And he talked about, okay, so he talked about you'll see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God. So it's actually a future statement about people from the past. So the kingdom of history, it also applies in the future. Uh, we pray, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. But we pray that for the, fu- for the future. It's also here in the present. When Jesus was on earth, he told this to people around him. He said, the kingdom of God does not come by looking for it. It actually comes, it actually is present among you. Now, of course, he himself was uh, the king, right? He was the king. He was always the king. People say, well, he didn't come as a king. Well, we can talk about that if you want, but he's still the king. He's, he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords, and so the king was present with them. They didn't recognize that, and of course, he, uh, he said, my kingdom, he told Pilate, Pilate was, he was on trial, and on trial for his life, and it was the most radical thing. It was the most radical thing that could happen in the Roman culture because the Romans were very clear on who the king was. It was the guy who was called Caesar in Rome. And if you, if you had any other king, he had to either be appointed by Caesar, like King Herod, or, or else it was treachery. It was, uh, it, it was a, a major crime. In fact, that is the crime that he was crucified. As far as the Romans are concerned, he was crucified for having an insurrection, kind of a, you know, uh, just a, a a movement against the government, a resistance force, and they said, well, he's, you know, he says he's the king of the Jews, and that's why he was crucified from, from the Romans' perspective. But Jesus was the king, and the kingdom of God, he says, it's among you. The kingdom of God is among you. Now, the disciples, they had this idea that the kingdom of God would be a lot like King David's kingdom, where there was a theocratic government and uh, that the Romans would all be destroyed and they wouldn't be around anymore. They wouldn't be in, in a Roman occupation there like they were at that time. But Jesus, he, he really had to try <laughs> to explain that the kingdom of God is something that is different from this world. I'm getting the signal. For those of you that are listening online, the lights started flashing and I don't know. Uh, I want to. I just want to. We're going to talk about the kingdom of God, and I've, I've kind of given a sort of a scattered kind of view here. But we need to understand that this is not just a concept for us to think about. It is, but it's not just that. It's it's also something that we need to ask the Lord, ask the Holy Spirit. Okay, so how does this work in my life? And let me just explain to you. If you're here today, uh, we we also is in our church. We believe that we are born-again Christians. Now, that is a real negative in our culture. I don't know if you've heard that expression before in a positive way, but we're very positive about the fact that we are born again. In fact, 
the Lord Jesus said in John chapter 3, he was talking to a religious leader, someone who should have known this, and he kind of shook his head a little bit, but he says, listen, if, you are, if you're not born again, you can't enter the kingdom. You can't even see the kingdom. And that is one of the reasons why there's this great divide in our culture and with, with us and our neighbors around us. A lot of times we see things and we think things that are just not on their radar at all. And it's not because we're better. It's just because we have been born again. We have the Holy Spirit within us, and we just think differently. Do you think differently? <laughs> Can you see the kingdom? Have you entered the kingdom it can only happen if you're born again. And now, if you're here today, and, and I, I don't know everybody here, if you're here today and, you know, I'm, I'm not sure what you're talking about, Mike, I would like to talk to you more about this because I would like you to know for sure if you are born again or not, and I'd like you to know that you can, if you're, you can have this entrance, you can have this, this, this perception, you can see the kingdom more clearly and you can even enter the kingdom if the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And if God has made you new from the inside out, that's what we're talking about. That's what Jesus was talking about, being born of the Spirit. Not just being born naturally, but being born spiritually. And I would like to urge you today, if you have never uh, received Christ, if, you, if the Holy Spirit has not come into your life, I would love to pray with you after the service. So come and, uh, come and find me. All right? And uh, so I think we're just going to leave this here. Uh, no, I'm going to give one more scripture. I'm going to just go ahead and give it to you. I just love this. This is, this is one of my favorite scriptures in this whole sermon. And so it's a lot like the one in Matthew. It's, in, it's this, a parallel passage in Luke. And it says this, Seek his kingdom, seek the kingdom of God, and these things will be added to you. Do not be afraid, little flock, because your father has chosen gladly to give you the kingdom. God wants to give you the kingdom. That's a very interesting scripture. Uh, it, God, the Bible says uh, in another version, it says it, God is well pleased to give you the, uh, the, the kingdom. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The kingdom of God, we're going to talk about the glories and the wonder, wonderful benefits and all the good stuff about the kingdom of God. But God's kingdom can come into your life and be part, and you can be part of the kingdom, and that will please the Lord. He's not up there going, okay, well, as soon as you get your act together, I'll give you some. It's the other way around. He's saying, I love you. I want to give you the kingdom of God. I want you to be part of this. I don't want any outsiders. I want you to enjoy the things of the kingdom of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's stand together, please i just like to pray for you. And if you're here today and you're saying, you know, I, I would really like the Lord to show me more and more how His ways and His will can be part of my life. I'd like to pray for you. If you're here today and you've never received Christ, I'd like to pray for you. And I want you to come and we'll talk more personally about that. But let's all just open our hearts right now to what the Holy Spirit would say to us. Lord, we've heard this message. We've, we've read these words in your scriptures. 
And we know it's important. It's the thing you spoke about most, the first thing you said, the first thing you told us to pray about. And, Lord, here we are again. Lord, we believe that you are our Heavenly Father, and your, your name is holy. Your ways are holy. You're higher than we are. You're smarter. You're greater. You're bigger. Uh, you're right when we're wrong. And, Lord, you are holy. And we're asking, Lord, that your kingdom will come. Lord, may your kingdom come and may your will be done on earth. May your will be done in North America, in our crazy culture. May your kingdom come. May your will be done in Canada, in British Columbia, in South Surrey, White Rock. Lord, may your will be done in my house. May your will be done in my heart, in my business, in my living, in the things I do. Let your will be done. Lord, we dedicate our lives to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for coming. In just a minute, we're going to be dismissed, and there will be people up front to pray with you if you have anything at all you'd like to pray about. I'd like to pray with you if you need uh, to know more about being born again. And there's coffee on. We also have the information table from the uh, Pregnancy Options Center. So please hang around if you can. Uh, But let me just give you a blessing. Uh, God loves you. God sees you. God knows you. And uh, may he... May his, may his face shine upon you. May God give you peace. May God fill you with all good things so that your youth will be renewed like the eagles. May he strengthen you, body, soul, and spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming today.